Hi, this is Jesse Green. And this is Parker. And we're really excited to have you join us again for this week's podcast. Um, we're actually talking this week about something that I would say is probably one of the the biggest things that I talk about with my disciples and probably one of my like life passions, if you will. So I want to talk to you guys today about um, what it means to be fully alive. What does that mean? Well, that's what we're giving it away. (laughs) That's what we're going to talk about today. (laughs) Why would you want to talk about that? Well, so I think the main thing is, I guess how this question even came up was, um, I was reading once the verse John ten ten, and it says that the the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come so that they may have life and life more abundantly. And that's Jesus saying this. And I remember just thinking to myself, just in my own time with God, that, okay, so if the thief came to rob from us, to steal from us, to kill us, destroy us, and Jesus is saying, I literally came to give you life. And another way to use that word is salvation. Salvation is life. I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Then why does it sometimes feel like I don't have life more abundantly? Well, where do you think most people's heads go when Jesus says that? Or anyone says that? Like if I came to give you life and life more abundantly, where where would like the average person's brain be like, oh, this is what life abundantly looks like. Like a mansion and lots of stuff. Yeah. Like what kind <laughs> of stuff? Like lots of clothes, cool cars, like everything on Pinterest. It's like an abundance of things. things. Like yeah. Pin- I came to give them abundance of garbage. Like a Pinterest, <laughs> like a Pinterest board life. Yeah. Anything you want on Pinterest is yours and yours more abundantly. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but we do, th- I, th- I mean, I, I think that often. Yeah. But I don't think that's what he's saying. <laughs> well, what, is it, what, it, what do you think he's really saying? Like, if you take that verse in context, if you think about Jesus as a person, Jesus as God, like, when he's telling his disciples and telling the crowd, like, I came to give them life and life to the full or life more abundantly, depending on what version you read, what's he really saying to them? Well, when I think about it, I think first you have to ask, well, what is life? Before you can think about having it to the full. And just from studying that verse a lot, I know that um, the Greek word for life there is Zoe. And that word actually means like God's life, like his, his spirit, his, who he is, he's offering to you. It's like, so he's not just saying like, I want you to be alive but he's saying, like, I want you to partake in my my life, mm-hmm. my very life and being and presence. Um, and I, I don't want you just to have a little bit of it. I want you to have, like, an overabundance of it. Like, sometimes I'll say, like, when I'm experiencing that, like, Zoe life, I'll be like, oh, my gosh, it feels like a heart explosion. Right. Because it's uncontainable. Like, you, you actually feel like you're going to burst and... Sometimes I feel like I can't even verbally process it. Like, it's frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Have you ever experienced that kind of, like, life and life more abundantly? I mean, I feel like if, like, I feel like that sometimes, but not all the time. I feel like I'm too distracted. 
Like, like I, what are you distracted doing? Stuff. Like, stupid stuff. Like, I dream about, like, having more money or having <laughs> more influence or respect or, like, you know, and I try and focus on those things like and, like, attain wife. those things. Yeah, like, like totally distracted so by my wife. Pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Such, like, a Christian moment. <laughs> like, we're a pastor, so this is my wife. She's so hot. Um, anyway, so, we actually don't like each other. Yeah, just, we just work together, is what they're actually saying. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like I feel like sometimes I just get thrown off by just daily life, like the mundane, like the regular stuff. Like I'm not thinking abundant life when I'm like filling the like dishwasher. Gas station. Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> the gas station. Why would that be your gas? They when you're filling the, the gas station. <laughs> gas station. What is gas station? The gas tank. The gas. Oh. <laughs> the gas station. When you fill the gas station. <laughs> no, I just. Uh, okay, I, don't know. I have a question for you. What is your question? Oh, well, I don't have to ask my question, but this is a question that I've asked myself and a lot of other people, and I just want you to try it, and if you're listening, I want you to try this question, too, and just just see what happens. Right? Write it in your journal. Write it on your hand. Yeah, but do something, like, actually, like, tactile with it. Don't just, yeah. like, think, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's and good. On. Unless you're driving. If you're driving... And just think that's good. Don't be like, hey, Siri, because it won't come out right. (laughs) Okay, so Parker, I want you to close your eyes for a moment. My eyes are closed for the podcast listeners. Okay. I want you to close your eyes, and I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. What does Parker look like fully alive? Like, what what is he doing? What What does the air smell like? What does it feel like? Like, what does it look like to be fully alive? Mm. Well, I instantly go into the woods, and I'm like, I can smell a fire. And I'm, like, warming my hands on, like, a mountain chill. So I feel like that's part of it. And then there's, like, a group of, of men, like, they're actually with me. So, like, feeling alive is, like, wide open spaces is... Like, what does your skin feel like? What does your heart feel like? My skin and my heart? Yeah, like what do you like physically <laughs> feel like? I feel invigorated. Even though I'm tired, I feel awake. You know what I mean? Like my so body's tired. So do you think tired, awakeness has like a correlation with being alive? Awakeness? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, being being alive, being awake, being like present. Al- well, yeah, I think when I'm in the wilderness, I have to be completely present because I'm disconnected from everything else. So there's nothing going on but what I'm actually involved in in that precise moment. So I'm not like I'm not like thinking about oh I wonder what like tomorrow's gonna be like or I wonder this or that or I wonder like how many Instagram likes I got. I know that's cliche, but like everyone like wonders that a little more than they should. Like looking for affirmation or like. What am I going to eat tomorrow? I'm not thinking about that. I'm just thinking about the moment I'm actually in because I'm too tired and too enjoying too much what I'm doing to think about anything else. Totally. Totally. So what, okay, so do you feel like, and maybe this is like a big question, like do you feel like part of your life, like you are supposed to like be in the wilderness? 
Absolutely. Like, do you think that is actually part of your calling? Look, if I like wasn't called to like see lots of people saved and follow Jesus, I'd probably like have a cabin in the woods somewhere <laughs> in like Okay, so you feel fully alive in the wilderness. So I guess the question is then either A, do you feel like you're actually supposed to leave everything and spend your time in the wilderness is if that's where you find life? Forever, both of us. Or B, like, <laughs> how do you how do you live, like, that feeling that you feel, like, tomorrow? Um, well, that's an interesting question because, I mean, I, I really like to get up early in the morning and spend time with God, get in the Word, journal, pray, all that stuff, worship in early, early in the morning when no one else is awake. And I think that's kind of like a taste of it, um, of that solitude, the silence um, that you get in the wilderness. But... Um, I think that connecting with the person that created all of that gives you a better taste of it than actually going there even. I think it just kind of gives you the revelation in the physical when you go into the wilderness. So I don't enjoy the woods or the wilderness for the wilderness sake. I enjoy it because of who made it. Right. Right? So almost like picturing yourself there is more just giving you, yourself a glimpse of what it's like to actually just spend time with God. Right. Disconnect to reconnect. Okay, so then how does someone how is it, someone able to tell if they're fully alive? Um wow, that's that's a really tough question to answer. What do you think? <laughs> you can't do that yes i can no i just asked the question no but you, you should ask it first okay well there's i mean there's a number of things like it's i can always what does just, jesus say <laughs> well a person that's fully alive has to die first Ooh. yes Resurrection life? Nailed it. That was actually a pretty good answer. Yeah. you. Well, the person that's mundane, that is always in kind of a gray world, that feels like, you know, no matter what you experience, no matter how, uh, whether it's drugs or alcohol or some other addiction or some like other depression. vice or some other thing, like, yeah, if you're in like this mild depression all the time where life is all these ups and downs, I think that person... That not, is not just feeling those things, but has chosen that path, has to die first and be baptized in the crucifixion with Christ. And so come how, out do you, how do you die first? Like for people that have not like been in church forever? let's say at all. At all. Yeah, like, what, like so like should I take a gun to my head? Like what are you talking no, about? No, <laughs> it's like it's a, it's a spiritual death and resurrection. Okay, so can you explain that a little bit further? Because that can seem like kind of like Christian talk. Yeah, I can explain it further. But what do you think? <laughs> you're just jealous that I come up with the questions first. No, I just you got to say your little think. spiel, I'm, and then you got to go, oh, question, and then you give out a question. Yeah, but I'll you're answer. just like, you know, asking all I'm these questions fast. over here. I just, I'm really intrigued by what you have to say. Are you? Yes. <laughs> all right, so. <laughs> How do I explain this the best? Um, it's entering into a life with Jesus. So it's making Jesus your Lord. What you do is you die to everything in your life um, that doesn't involve him. So that sounds really extreme, but death is really extreme. So you're dying to sin, 
You're dying to those that brokenness. You're dying to all those things so Jesus can make you new and so you can have a complete relationship with him. And that looks like saying with your words and with your actions, entering into following him. Does baptism have any part to play in that? I don't know. I feel like that's a leading question. I'm just asking. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> baptism <laughs> has a part to play in that. I think it's extremely significant. Um, and I think it's pushed to the sideline far too often in the church. I've seen deliverance happen in baptisms, like where people like had an actual evil spirit manifest in that. And they writhed around like a snake in the back of a pickup truck. And <laughs> we literally like had to pray for them and, and cast it out. But I think... Um, I think when you get baptized, it's not just a symbol. It's actually you choosing and stepping into that death and resurrection in that moment. I think the our church fathers and I think the apostles thought that as well. Because you're literally transferring, literally transferring, not figuratively, from one world to a completely different. From the kingdom of this world to the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. And that's where life actually is, in that bigger, more real world that Jesus is the king of. So what are some questions people can ask themselves to, I guess, figure out if they've died to themselves and if they're like entering into life? Well, I think the best way to do that is to track your actions. Not just like what you're actually spending what you're your actually time doing. on. Not, yeah, what you're actually spending your yeah, time what's that on. Calendar thing what you're actually spending money on. Like, look at your calendar, and that tells... Remember that thing you used to say? Nope. You used to say... <laughs> Apparently, I didn't teach say, it very well. You used to say, look at your calendar, and... What, I always used to say the calendar's sacred. No, that's not what I'm talking about, though. You used to say, look at your calendar, and, like, that's actually what's important to you. What you're spending your time on and filling your calendar with is actually what's your priority. Yeah, what you do is your priority. When people say, See, oh, I don't have... Saying, yeah. yeah, but that you forgot no, that you, you know, said I that. forgot I said that, but <laughs> I, do, I do act on it. I think, like, it's like people saying, like, you know, I really need to work out and get in shape. Well, need is a lot different than action. And when people say, well, I need to read the Bible more, need is different than action. And I think making actual appointments and doing something about it tells me whether or not you're alive to something or not, or aware of something or not. Or if it's actually important or not. Or it's important at all. Like yeah. you say, like, discipleship's important to me, but I don't have, like, two hours in a month to make disciples. What do you mean two hours in a month to make disciples? Like, when you say somebody doesn't have two hours in a month to make disciples, what do you mean by that? Is, do you want me to do, like, a whole separate podcast on that? No, or? just give me, like, a... Just a brief Give me second. the quick and dirty. Okay, well, if I'm discipling someone, or actually usually two people together at the same time, I'm meeting with them one hour every other week. So that's two hours a month to help someone follow Jesus. Yeah, it's not very much time. No, so when people say that they don't have time to make disciples, I ask, what shows are you watching? Or have you cooked dinner at all for yourself? Probably average shows like <laughs> The Crown or Stranger Things. <laughs> Are you allowed to say that on a podcast? Yeah, we'll say whatever we want. We're not making money off this thing. Oh. Yeah, but like, or I'm like, or are you too busy making money for yourself? Or, do you know what I mean? Like, I just can't believe that, like, just even two hours to not do what Jesus, like, the one clear thing he asked. And when I say follow Jesus, I don't just mean, like, all right, I'm going to become a Christian now and go to church and 
just follow rules or whatever it may be. But I mean to like actually follow Jesus, meaning that like he's your Lord and Savior. So like what Jesus says is the most important thing. And one of my favorite things in scripture is in the beginning of Acts when Peter preaches and the, the Holy Spirit came and it says that the people responded because they were cut to the heart and their response was, what must we do? And I've talked about this a few times before, but I think too many Christians ask, do I need to do X, Y, and Z? And our response to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords should be, what must I do instead of do I need to? And uh, I think that repenting and turning away from the things that are distracting you from following Jesus with everything and being baptized and choosing to publicly die to yourself, pick up your cross and follow God, whether it means to give up all of your possessions, join a community of believers or whatever God's asking you to do. I think it's a hundred percent all in. I don't think, I, I mean, Jesus is pretty clear about the whole lukewarm thing so I, I think a lot of us now are at the point where we need to decide, are we all in or are we not? But there's no more just like tinkering around anymore. Yeah, so you can't really have like resurrection life kind of. Right. There's not like a kind. But you're either alive or dead. Yeah, there's no like, oh, I'm kind of alive. You know what I mean? You, like you can. And then really we're tell. like telling other people, like, don't you want this like alive sort of like either that I Like either the heart's beating in this thing or it's not. Right. Right. Well, I think that's why people a lot of times don't want to become Christians because what they're seeing is a lot of dead Christians. Right. And they can keep like absorbing the principles and listen to the nice things. And like I'd rather get drunk and party than be like a dead Christian. Why? Because at least that's some form of life. <laughs> it's kind of fun at least. <laughs> yeah. Versus like, like having some semblance of life and it not being life at all. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So so what do you suggest people do right now today? Repent and be baptized. Great. So <laughs> we'll baptize you. Yeah, come on over our house. Come on over. We got a pool. We'll baptize some people in there. I love baptizing people. I told Parker today, if my, he said, he said, what, would, what makes Jesse come fully alive? What would you spend every day of your life doing if you do one thing? And I said, I would be in the ocean next to Huntington Beach Pier preaching the gospel and baptizing people. So staying in the water all day till my hands got pruny Mm -hmm. because there's nothing better. The second thing that's better than being alive yourself is watching other people come to life for the first time. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. That's why discipleship's awesome. I could do that all day long. And baptism is a big part of discipleship. And when you say discipleship, like can't, you can't give two hours a month. There's obviously more to it than that, but we're just saying like it's, Amazing that people won't do the minimum for something that Jesus commands us to do. I think that's wild. Wild. So I would say if you call yourself a Christian, maybe ask God, is there, is, is my life a life of Jesus plus nothing? Or is it Jesus and my calling? Or Jesus and my community? Or Jesus and my money? Or Jesus and my job? And what thing is really holding you back from fully stepping into the fullness that God has to offer you. And like, I think we need to think about the same thing. 
Like, yeah. what, what does this next season look like to go all in, full of life? Yeah, Jesus can't be Lord of your life, and then you run everything. Well, then he's not Lord at all, right? <gasps> Lord of all or not at all? At all. <laughs> is <laughs> Hashtag. That how, is that how it goes? I don't Do know. people say that? I've never heard anyone say Here's that. Here's the thing. Everyone has an excuse about this stuff. And the reality is that if you want to live an abundant life, if you want to live life to the fullest then the master of life, Jesus, is actually the way into that. And we believe discipleship is the path that you take in that life, in that life when you're baptized and when you step into that resurrection life. So you can't keep just putting it off. You can't keep making excuses. You can't keep like setting new goals when the internal stuff just isn't working properly because the goals will fall apart because you're not the type of person that will achieve those goals or be that type of person. You have to become a completely revolutionized, brand new, alive person following Jesus. And the only way to do that is total, complete commitment. And you may have been hanging around church for a while. You may have never heard anything about Jesus like this before. You may have maybe you may be currently about. on a mission trip. Yeah, you may be <laughs> doing a missions trip and feeling like you're doing the right thing. And and maybe you know, making your conscience feel a little bit better. But the reality is... That's humanism. Yeah, that, <laughs> that is humanism. And it requires... Your life requires real transformation. You don't want to just not get angry anymore. You want to be the type of person that's not angry. You don't want to be the type of... You want to be the type of person that is... Don't nod at me like that. <laughs> You're making fun of me. I can feel that. No, I'm saying like, yeah, uh-huh. like... Yeah, amen. Like, I can't wait for that. Right. So I started to get passionate about something. And did you want to say something? I just wanted to say how much I love you. Like, oh, I yeah. <laughs> you're so because you're so full of life. I just felt so much love for you. Oh like, yeah. Moment. No, I could see that in your face. This is actually what <laughs> a face of love looks like. Anyway, so what? <laughs> wow, you don't even say you love me back. I do really love you very much, but. I don't know if that was just love, for the podcast. Love, should that be next week's podcast? I don't know if that podcast. was podcast for the podcast or for me. Next week, we're going to be talking about the law of love. Specifically in marriage. Specifically right this minute. We're going to talk about the five <laughs> love languages. Yes. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> so, you want to be the type of person that doesn't lust, not just a person that tries not to. And that's I think that's the point I'm trying to make is... That you, you need that transformational life, and it takes an all-in commitment. You, once you leap, like we talked about last week, there's there's no turning back. There's no something else. There's no additions or subtractions. There's Jesus and really nothing else. I agree. So... <laughs> <laughs> My so, wife agrees with me. Everyone hear that podcast. <laughs> All right, so we'll January see you guys 17th, next week. 2017. Thanks for joining us, and uh, make sure to study the word about love because that's what we're talking about. Next we're going to talk about all the love next week. <laughs> all right, love you guys. Bye. Bye.